0: it's time for you to add value. This episode is brought to you by the newly released book, The Entrepreneur Mindset Shift, Growth Characteristics of Success by Robert C. Peterson. Available on Amazon, or you can order a personalized signed copy at addvalue2life.com shift. Don Cardona is an award-winning director, producer, writer, and documentarian based in Parker, Colorado. He was born and raised in Western Colorado and while in high school, he used his dad's video camera to shoot and direct his first short film, The Two Banditos, a Western, in lieu of writing his final assignment in creative writing class. From that day, he was hooked on storytelling. Don's first feature-length documentary, Buck and Bulls, follows stock contractor and former bull rider Ty Rinaldo, who has been in his rodeo his entire life. Don Cardona is a storyteller who has combined his passion for story with his ability to produce, to help businesses capture stories that communicate their why and help people see their purpose. Over the slowdown from COVID, he went all in, making his own documentary story. We chat about all the challenges of doing something completely new and learning as you go. He's winning awards and changing his business as he takes on new challenges. Don, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a little while since we've seen each other, and I'm so glad to catch up and uh, so glad to be able to to share your story and, and hear what's been going on.
1: Thank you for having me. And congratulations on your book release. Um, I was really excited to see that, you know, knowing you from networking back a couple years ago. So congratulations.
0: Thank you. And uh, obviously, you're a video, videographer, video (laughs) storyteller, What I mean, it's because you're not just a video guy, right? I mean, you're a video storyteller.
1: Uh, Yeah. How would you
0: describe what you do?
1: (laughs) Well, I think for my business, which is Cardona Creative, it's the easy answer is yes, I'm a videographer, but like you said, I, I involve strategy and storytelling and uh, you know, a little bit more care in trying to figure out how a video is going to work best for my clients because a vi- any, anybody can shoot video these days. I mean, on, on a phone, uh, you know, those shoot broadcast quality, um, but it's a matter of creating the right type of video for the right type of situation, and I don't think a lot of people think of that. So that's where i come in and advise them as a as somebody on maybe on the inside of their company i get to know their company and then say this is where i think we should go so i am more of a consultant in that respect and then i will shoot video and depending on the project i would bring in a team to do that but that's yes you were right
0: nice so let's talk about your entrepreneurial journey you worked for espn sports for for many many years and so you come from a a sports background And let's, let's talk about making the leap from there into entrepreneurship.
1: Yeah. So working with ESPN and then later uh, NBC sports here in Denver, uh, that's corporate world. And I, I think, you know, it's not much different than what people who work in corporate world do. It's just my end product appears on air to perhaps millions of people. So, but it was a corporate job. So I never really had to do much outside of that realm. And, uh, talking about the entrepreneurial journey, uh, I never really had to do that until I left NBC in 2018. Um, I didn't know what I was going to do because the company relocated our Denver offices to Connecticut and I wanted to stay here in my home state. So I was faced with the decision, get another job or try and make it in this entrepreneurial world. So it's been a, a huge learning process for me and, and not something that comes easy. And the biggest thing I think for me has been learning how to sell
0: Hmm.
1: and, and, and kind of toot your own horn. That's, that's not an easy thing for me to do. Um, going back to college, my first, one of my first jobs I had, as was at my Arizona state university, state press newspaper in the sales department. So, I was able to learn some sales skills there, but not enough time to develop them to be proficient at it. Um, and, uh, and, you know, one kind of side note that I, I like to share the story of is I sold Coldstone Cold Stone Creamery, their very first coupon advertisement in, the, in, the, in that newspaper. So, um, but yeah, it, it was been 25 years since I had to do anything, and that was the biggest thing. I'm not afraid to knock on doors, but sometimes I just don't know what to say to make it to where they're going to see value in what I'm doing. So wow.
0: Well, thanks for, for being super vulnerable in that. I know that, you know, <laughs> in networking, you've made some relationships and I know that, uh, I've seen your end product for, for solopreneurs that, you know, in their promotion materials and the things that they've created that you've helped them to create in promoting themselves. Um, And and I understand the challenge of promoting yourself in in the same way and then being able to say, well, this this has this value because I can help you bring this, you know, bring this to your business and help you share your story. Um, So let's talk about story and and the power of story and why why it's so important to have a, a story rather than just a video of what you do or a video of whatever promotion you're offering.
1: Well, it's interesting that you asked that question because I really didn't understand the mechanics of storytelling, even though oddly after about a year and a half into my business, uh, I realized I'd been telling stories my entire career. The, the difference I think is, you know, when you, when, if you just do a video on its own, like a, like a TV commercial, it's kind of a story, but it's more as a purpose to just let people know that you're there, but when, what I create for for uh, solopreneurs, as you mentioned, are videos that really kind of tell the story of that person and why they're doing things, and trying to leverage that to make connections better. Uh, you know, I think we've all heard the the axiom of know like and trust that people do business with people that they know like and trust and at a certain point in that first year i started realizing well video the way i'm doing it might help to shorten that duration between getting to know like and trust somebody um uh, because and especially after covid because people weren't going out and they're not able to go to networking. Meetings. and so if, if we're able to con- connect and capture that person's or business's essence through a story it's more effective than just saying this is what i do this is what i do this is what i do this is my feature you know and i think that that's kind of the mentality that it's been is list all your features and you've heard this from the networking meetings that we've been in people list their features but if you're an insurance agent or a a financial advisor and there's 10 others in the room saying the same thing how are you different so i'm looking for that differentiation and then I build the story around that. And and it typically involves the why. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my clients don't know what their why is. They can say it, but they don't, I don't think they truly believe it. So a lot of times I try to help them find that. And then once I hear it in my pre-interview, then I work around that and build build something to that effect.
0: Well, let's talk about the why and why why is that why so important?
1: because that's where people understand that you're a genuine person.
0: Mm.
1: Like, you know, it's, and it's still taking me a while to get my wife for, for my video business. And I think I figured it out is because I love, I love telling stories in a different way. And if I can help a business to either save them from going under through a story or help elevate them to that next level through a story, To me that's gratifying because one i'm helping them and two i'm i'm entertaining someone and three it it's it is that gratification that just makes me enjoy what i'm doing and you know sometimes it's difficult sometimes clients may not understand exactly how the process is done or they're worried about how they're going to look uh you know but it's authenticity and and that's kind of a catchphrase these days but I think there's no other word around it. Authenticity, maybe genuinity, but those kind of are, are, are interrelated. And um, and trying to find the why is actually kind of like uh, searching for Easter eggs. Sometimes, you know, it, it's it's fun to hear a, a, a person or a journey a, a person or a company's journey, maybe some of the struggles they've had, why they do things is it, it kind of connects people, I think.
0: Well, and that's the differentiation, right? Especially, I mean, in in so many entrepreneurial spaces, there's multiple voices, right? Like, I'm a coach coaching entrepreneurs in the personal development space, but you know, so is Tony Robbins, so is Dean Graziosi, so is so many big big names, and and it'd be easy for me to say, well, they could just go listen to those guys, right? But but the truth is, there's an authenticity about how I approach personal development, and 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 my voice is different than, than Tony Robbins and my experience is different than Tony Robbins. And the way that that I can come alongside people is different than Tony Robbins. But I have to be me. And if sure. I try to be Tony Robbins, right. just like if, if you try to be, you know, some famous director and, and approach things, you know, like a Disney Pixar would would approach them, that's not being authentic, right? And right so authenticity is it's kind of a catchphrase but it's it's so true that to be yourself especially in video especially in the content that you're putting out in the world is so it's i think it's i think it's revolutionary but i think it's also just vital
1: (laughs) yeah you know and and uh, you know the authenticity part of it is is it is key these days i think i and i think you know, from some of the other video groups that I'm a part of, we have a small community of like-minded people doing this. The one thing that struck out to me when I, when I was developing this whole idea, uh, with some of these people, you know, a lot of them were my mentors, but the 2018 or the 2008 crash, uh, the financial crash really had people step back and say, okay, now I need to know where my money's going who I'm working with, because a lot of people got scammed during that time. And it's very similar to now with the pandemic. Now you have to be careful what you're spending your money on and how you're doing it and who you're doing business with. It's, it's repeating itself. And, you know, there are videos for different purposes. As I mentioned, TV commercials, there's, you know, a lot of scripted stuff, but if you're the front person for that business or the spokesperson for that business, and you don't know how to read a teleprompter or if your memorization skills are not that great, when you look at the camera or you address someone, it's not—it's—it's it's going to feel inauthentic. And that's no fault of that person. It's just, it, it requires training or a natural ability. And there's not that many people that have that. So with my experience, I feel uh, I can coach through that, but I almost like to prefer doing uh, an interview and just capturing that in a natural way because that's when truly when when people truly are are being themselves they don't have to put that front on like you said and they don't have to be tony robbins they can be themselves and i'm not going to make them look bad i'm going to you know put all this together and try and make them to be again not the scripted stuff to me has its purpose. But sometimes I feel it's it borderlines propaganda, right? And if people can cut through that and just say, Hey, this is a real person, this is the struggles they had, this is why they started this business. And it could be a story as as compelling as I just got tired of getting messed, messed with by these companies that were doing this, I have one client that uh, their industry is considered an ambulance chaser. And Mm -hmm. And that's not a good industry to be because the perception right away is, okay, you're just out for the money, but they have a truly valuable business that if we just showed that to their potential clients, that would make them understand that, oh, wow, this is what I need. You know, I hope I never need it, but if I do, that's where I need to go. That's who I want to be working with and that's who I can trust. And that can come from a two or three minute video.
0: I think I've seen the video that you're actually talking about. And so I, I understand the, the the idea of trying to communicate, you know, the, the value that w- we add, you know, but we're not the bad guy over here and we're not the bad guy over here. We're actually we, we want to come alongside you and right. and help you get what you deserve without without sounding like you know the, the crash and burn ambulance chasers. Right. Yeah. That's that's very challenging. I I like the interview idea obviously being able to have authentic conversation and catch catch people saying their truth in in a, in the natural form so
1: well and if you think about it like we've all grown up with political ads and mm. you know uh, everything's nice and sunny and and very polished and colorful and and then this politician may get an office and it's like what happened to that guy right and so, I mean, that's an industry that I, I don't know if I would ever want to.
0: Well, them and the in the drug company ads, right? Like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Exactly. You know, and, and so those are things that, you know, people, when they're conditioned to see that might not recognize it. But sometimes with certain people that it's like, okay, I don't know if I believe that because it's too polished, right? right? There is when people are natural and they, may, they might stumble with their words or you know I try and cut out the ums and ahs, but when they stumble, but they're getting that point across in a in a influential way, I think that to me is more effective than polishing it up and doing multiple takes. And you know, and, and it's much like filmmaking in a sense, because with filmmaking, you're trying to capture that real moment. And if you're putting your actors through multiple takes of one thing just to get something perfect, it might work and people won't see it, you know, won't notice it, but that first take might be all you need. And if there's, you know, again, scripted things are a little bit different, but uh, if you stumble, you know, I don't think people are going to be as unforgiving than they used to be.
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, and I think we've all spent the last two years on zoom and, and I think our tolerance for real and, and authentic is, is is shifted right we're not expecting obviously when you step into a movie theater you expect to accept a new reality for that two-hour period of time and if the filmmaker has done his job you step into that western or you step into that world for those two hours and and you believe whatever reality they've created right um even if it's even if it's still your town and your you know things you you know and you're familiar with you accept this this new reality of of how this world works right and i mm-hmm. think that's the the challenge for filmmakers creating movies creating those kind of scripted environments but more and more on the business environment i think there is room for for that you know um or that stumble over their words because they're coming from their heart or so i, I appreciate that you don't want to polish somebody up past past where they can reach, right? Where where you step into a room with them and, wait, I just bought this program, but this isn't the same guy that, <laughs> that you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> and so you, I think authenticity obviously is so important. Well, so- and, I
1: just, and I just want to clarify too, the goal is to make it look as good as you can, but if it's coming from a real place, that is going to be in certain situations, I think more effective for whatever they're trying to accomplish. Not not for every particular video, but a certain type of video.
0: Absolutely, and okay. and it develops that know, like, and trust in the way, in an authentic way. And so that's so important. All right, so obviously facing the challenge of coming from not just behind the camera, right? I mean, obviously it's easy to be behind the camera, it's easy to be behind the editing desk, <laughs> but putting yourself out there and and doing the other things, how did you develop the confidence or how are you developing the confidence in, in those areas for business? Yeah.
1: Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> well, it, you know, you're talking about uh, in front of the camera, behind the camera in front of the camera. My first job out of college was as an on-air reporter, uh, producer, uh, weekend anchor, covering sports at an abc affiliate so i do have that experience don't know if i want to be in front of the camera even though we're doing this and i've done a couple before it's still not comfortable for me but in terms of business and, and stepping out there there's a lot if i'm understanding your question correctly what have i learned from it or what what's the what's just how true- are you
0: developing your confidence what's helping you to, to do I think- the other things that aren't aren't as fun as making a film or telling a story. Uh,
1: I think, I think I'm a good listener and I think that, uh, I want to learn from other people's mistakes Hmm. as far as executing goes. Uh, you know, I've always, you know, put one foot in the water before jumping in completely. So I'm not one of the people that will jump in at the deep end of the pool because, I want to, you know, I want to learn from other people because I feel that that shortens the timeline mm. from doing something effective. Now the challenge for me has been not a lot of people do video. Mm. So I don't really have good, um, mentors or, or, or examples from people unless I seek them out. And a lot of times they're at a, at a different level or they're doing other things so. A lot of it has been trying to figure it out on my own. I, I mentioned that I'm in another video group that's you know, global, but there's probably only 200 people in it, if I were to guess, uh, that are doing it effectively. So a lot of it has been listening to them. Um, but going to networking groups every time that I go, I do learn something new. And it, there's a phrase out there, I don't know the exact wording of it, but you know, learn from other people's mistakes. I think I made it just mentioned that, um, so that you can know what not to do. Yeah. Um, uh, but you still, I'm still making my own mistakes. You know, I, there were a few times where I should have made an investment financially in something or a course or something like that. And I didn't do it only to realize six, eight months down the road that, maybe i should have done that and i would have been in a different different position so that's that's a that's that's one of the big things i've learned the other thing is the back office stuff is you know being organized is is <laughs> really hard when you're creative <laughs> but it's important because you know for a long time my desk area i have my edit computer um and i've got Business cards everywhere, and I've got paperwork everywhere, and I've got contracts everywhere, and that clutters your mind, and and so that's those are things I'm still trying to learn um, in terms of my video business. Now, if we're talking about my film and that part of it, which we can get into if you want to, that's a completely different skill set because it's learning about the industry itself of the industry of uh, show business. So. <laughs>
0: Well, let's talk about your film. You you decided to, I mean, what led you to create a documentary?
1: <laughs> Never intended to create a documentary. Uh, the short of it is, um, I I had made two short films just after college, and shortly when I started my, you know, professional career, um, nothing big, just to see if I could do it, and you know, more of a personal goal. They're not seen anywhere, um, but it gave me a skill that I had. Uh, you know, as a cameraman, a cameraman for the sports networks was one of my first early jobs too. So I knew how to shoot, um, didn't know how to edit. So I ended up buying a program called final cut pro (laughs) taught myself that ended up taking a few more courses to kind of round that out. Um, and many years went by me covering, uh, sports with the networks, you know, MLB, NBA, NFL uh, with ESPN and then Olympic sports with NBC, I knew how to shape and direct a story, you know, covering live sports and, and, and a quick pause here. I, I mentioned that I've been telling stories my entire career. My storytelling has been on the mic, almost the micro level. Like, so for an MLB baseball game, you create a 10 second tease. That's a story, you know, that, um, and then you get into your show and you, you set up the storyline for this team and this team. Those are stories. And then you maybe do sub stories and then you're teasing something to break. So people stay tuned. That's a story. And then throughout the game, you are weaving stories throughout the game. They're small, but you're trying to we had this thing at ESPN from the management that said because they can measure time spent viewing our goal was to keep them tuned in for as long as possible because the average viewing time is not that great. And so storytelling was the key to that. So when I went so, so back to the, to this particular documentary, which is right behind me, it's called buck and bulls, the story of Ty Rinaldo. Uh, I never intended to do a documentary. I just, I was interested in bull riding. I went to Castle Rock, Colorado for an event in 2018 and, uh, my neighbors said that they tied rope around the private parts of the bull. And I started rethinking my liking of the bull riding, but I thought there's gotta be more to this. I wonder what it's about. And so I approached the the guy running the event who I went to high school with, uh, <laughs> but we didn't know each other uh, very well. And I asked him what he did. And he told me he was a stock contractor, told me a little bit about it. And I said, would you want to do something, with video. And, and in my mind, I'm thinking like short YouTube clips or social media clips. So he invited me to his ranch. I talked to him and, and thought, wow, from my world, I don't think a lot of people know that. I'm sure in the Western world they do. So I asked him that question that that my neighbor had told me. And he said, that's a myth. And I said, well, why do you tie a rope around their waist area? And he said, "It's it tickles them. It, it encourages them to kick. So I said, "Do you mind if I follow you around at various events if you have them?" He said, "Sure." So I followed him around for a year. Not again, just thinking social media clips. But I was still in my last year at NBC, so I didn't have the time. And then 2019, I started my video business, so I didn't have the time. And when COVID hit, I I had all this footage. So I said, "I'm I'm going to edit it." I did it for little in short little clips, thinking that I was going to publish it on social. And a friend of mine. Watched a couple of them, and he said, "Have you thought about putting this into like a full-length thing?" I said, "No, but let me try it." And when I did, I showed it to a couple, uh, you know, close associates, and they said, "This is really, really interesting." And so I decided to pursue that. Uh, had a private screening for it in March of 2020 uh, to half audience of, of of a theater, and it was very well received. And then. Uh, someone else encouraged me to submit to a film festival, so I had to wait six months to get it out. And and when I did, uh, it got accepted to one film festival and ended up winning best documentary and a couple of other awards. So I don't, I, I, I never intended for this to happen. So it's it's a happy accident.
0: Kind <laughs> of tripped and stumbled <laughs> into yeah. a documentary.
1: Yeah. And I think what resonates, and you know, again, it's that catchphrase. I think what resonates people is from some of the comments that I've heard is they see that this guy that it's about, he's authentic and he's likable and he's real and he's not trying to be the center of attention. I just happen to capture him. And of course, I have to interview him. So, you know, but he's 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 kind of a humble humble type of guy who's very well respected in the industry. So I, I, I wanted to create this story though, not for the people necessarily in that community because that they live that, but to show like a, um, a, a, what it's like for someone who owns bulls and trains them and provides them for competition. I mean he, even in the film he says that they're they're like big dogs to them. They wish they could bring them in the house cuz they have so much personality but they're just so big. So yeah, I tried to capture that and and we'll see how it does.
0: We will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by the newly released book The Entrepreneur Mindset Shift: Growth Characteristics of Success by Robert C. Peterson, available on Amazon or you can order a personalized signed copy. At add value, the number two, life.com. Add value to life.com forward slash shift. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. And so, this is a, if COVID doesn't happen, you probably don't go down this path.
1: Either that or it would still be sitting on my hard drives not doing anything. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Crazy. yeah. Well, that's pretty cool, and and obviously this has created uh, a side hustle. Maybe I mean, or or, or is it taking over your world? It,
1: yes, uh, I've had to sacrifice my video business for this. Uh, it wasn't until I got close to having a documentary where I realized, number one, you have to have um, release forms signed from everybody uh, to show anything. I, I, I was aware of that from the two short films that i had previously done. So I was, you know, I, 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 was, was good at that. And I did know that if I used any music, I would have to license that and probably pay for it. But it wasn't until, uh, I talked to, uh, I was interviewing entertainment attorneys to make sure that I had all my ducks in a row. And one of the women that who became my, my entertainment attorney, Uh, I had asked her about distribution if she knew anything about it. And she said, well, yes, just enough to be dangerous. And I asked her how it worked because I don't know that world, but I knew I had to get it out somehow. And she said, I said, well, how does it work? And she said, well, imagine you make a film for a hundred thousand dollars and you get some interest from it, from distribution, uh, from distributors. Uh, and if someone offers you a minimum guarantee of $10,000. You take it because you may never see another dime from that film. And I thought, what kind of business model is that? Like you're losing ninety thousand dollars on a film that you'll never. It didn't make sense, and so I got discouraged. I'm like, what am I spending my time on this for? Like, and so I I nearly thought about thought about abandoning the project. But a week later, I I thought, you know, YouTube's got to have something. So I did a quick search on self-distribution for films and it opened up uh, a bunch of new avenues for me and one podcast uh i listened to the guy has a huge following uh his name's alex ferrari if anybody's a filmmaker and is interested but he shows you the shark infested waters that is distribution and that world and how you can avoid certain things if you decide to go distribution, just be aware of things. But he was showing examples of people who have made films on their own that have self-distributed and been very successful. But the thing that he said in these days, it's very difficult to make a film with any success unless you have a niche, which I coincidentally have a niche because you have a built-in audience. And the second thing is if you can build a brand out of it, And by that time I had already created my logo and people were commenting on it and saying, do you have any merchandise or, you know, a hat or shirt, I'd love to get one from you. And so I thought, okay, well, I kind of have maybe a brand in the works and, and it became the logo that you see here. Um, and so I I've been listening to his podcast diligently and, and realized at that point, and we talked about this just before we came on it is a show business it's not uh show movie it's it's a business and the people who make the most money are the distributors and so i'm learning that world and i'm still learning it and and trying to figure out i don't want to fall into a trap so i'm taking it slow but there are so many things besides just having an entertainment attorney there's errors and in emissions insurance there's licensing agreements for footage and music there's um you know you have to build a website you and it's an entrepreneur um journey right now for me in a different field i'm learning that i might be able to uh self-distribute by possibly doing wholesale to certain stores that are in this western lifestyle but distributors take all that on and 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 the filmmakers are kind of left out in the cold. So yeah, I mean, just this morning I was updating my DVD for my website and I'm on Saturday, I'm going to have a booth set up, which I've never done. Um, ordering merchandise, getting all that stuff, the shipping, the taxes. I mean, it's, there's so many things that I'm learning and have come to appreciate now about what entrepreneurs are doing, especially in a, in a field that, is foreign territory to me like i don't have mentors like we talked about before that i can follow on this that are willing to to help me help a filmmaker who has no money to be able to do this so a lot of it's try it's going to be trial and error and and praying
0: (laughs) nice Well, let's talk about brand and the value of of adding a brand or having this film now become a brand and and what that brand can will do besides just having a film
1: boy if if i could pay somebody to give me the answer to that i would uh you know it's this is literally jumping into the deep end of the pool i think because i have no prior track record on creating a brand i'm just hoping that uh number one that people enjoy the movie um, whether they purchase it or not, because I'm sure it'll be out there somewhere after it's out there, right? Um, just because of piracy. Uh, and that's another thing that I learned from that podcast is, you know, you, create, you can create a film that's that's great. And once you get it out there, someone's going to steal it and put it on there. So if you're able to build a brand out of something like that and merchandise or whatever the case may be, that is typically where an independent filmmaker will at least make their money back, hopefully. My my film wasn't a big budget, so that shouldn't take too long, of course. I don't want to speak too soon. But really creating a brand for me wasn't about me trying to monetize the films in as much as I want to provide people who are fans of bull riding something that they would want to wear and and be proud to wear. So I've created a few products that Hopefully we'll do that, you know, obviously with my logo as, as the, as the main focus um, and trying to emulate other brands that are out there as well. Uh, so it's, it's a big question mark for me right now, Robert, I appreciate <laughs> you asking, but I can't give you a great straight answer.
0: I, I just, I appreciate your honesty and I, I appreciate that it's interesting because some of these pieces you've just done it because it, either you're emulating something or it's like, Oh, I guess I got to do that next. Um, and, and right. figuring it out as you go. And so I appreciate your willingness just to keep on. Well, okay. That means I have to do this. Oh, oh, now that means I have to do this. <laughs> and, and i I think, I think you're making great choices and I think that, that it's going to pay off for you. And so um, I think that's really cool. You've mentioned mentors, like you've got a group of, of mentors. Um, and you haven't been able to find a mentor in in this space, uh, but it sounds like a space where there's room for you to become a mentor and and use this experience to to serve, you know, a film school or or others that are <laughs> that oh, they can avoid these mistakes,
1: the challenges
0: that you're you're creating.
1: Yeah, believe me, I've I've thought about it because, uh, like I said, th- even the smallest things like. Uh, again, I, I mentioned the wholesaling of some of my products. I don't know what to do with that. So, you know, three days ago I had this idea, well, maybe I don't have to sell all the videos myself, which I'd love to do through my website, but, or merchandise, but I don't know how to do that. And I know that, you know, from what I've heard. And the the reason distributors are so successful is because they get them into the Walmarts and targets and all that stuff. But that's a firewall to get into. You need to have connections and I don't. And so I've been researching that. That's just, that's another component to it. You know, Mm -hmm. creating signage, um, marketing, promotion, you know, social is helping a lot of that right now because I don't have a, a huge following. But there are so many things again in this entrepreneur journey that are so challenging. And I had always thought, you know, I should capture what I'm going through right now. And I probably will to help filmmakers or somebody who's doing this to help. There's a lot of books out there, but I, I would I would focus on all the little details that you 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 may not hear about. You know, camera angles and lightings, there's tons of that stuff out there. Distribution, there's some of it out there, but it's kind of a closed, um, closed. Like, not a lot of tips come from that, and that's why I like the podcast so much. But I want to be able to, to at least share what I know, so it can save someone time. And one of the filmmakers in in the film festival that I was at, he had in that particular festival, he had six feature length films of twelve feature length films that he produced and directed and acted in, in one year. Wow. And it was amazing. So he, he released a book of his journal entries and it was fascinating. Like I'm, I'm only a quarter of the way through, but it's fascinating to hear his thoughts on what he had to go through. Uh, And so he's doing something similar uh, and it's trying to help people. And he's also trying to hopefully make a living out of doing that because, that's a pretty significant accomplishment. Uh, you know, I have one feature film and it took me, you know, over the course of three years to do, and I'm wow. still, you know, but again, we talked beforehand with your book, the book was probably the easy part. Now it's getting it out. There's the 10 to 90%
0: ratio. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, yeah, the first thing the publisher told me is that the average author sells 42. <laughs> like. Um okay, how do we be not average? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because we gotta sell a lot more than forty-two to make this this in investment of energy worth it, not to mention you know, the investment of money and, and time and everything around that. So right. yeah, I definitely understand. So I, I like the idea. I think journaling and documenting your your journey sounds to me like a, a documentary in itself. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know if I'd be the most interesting subject, but there's there's certain things I think in my background that might be somewhat entertaining, but I don't know
0: if I'd want to do that. All right. I'm going to change it up just a little bit. Tell me about your favorite date with your wife.
1: Boy, uh, probably our first date. It was nothing extraordinary, just a nice Italian dinner in the LA area. Um, but you know, with my, with my career, I was always traveling and on the road. So we really never had a chance to, to do much of that. Plus having young kids, it was kind of difficult. Um, so that would probably be the first and, uh, there was something recent now I can't remember, but, um, yeah, that I've i'm sorry i have
0: I no can't no worries so what do you love to do in your free time i know you got two boys right what do you do? uh boy girl oh i'm t- sorry no, it's okay <laughs> um two kids and and uh they're almost teenagers right teenagers
1: yeah my son is 17 all right and my daughter's 15 uh senior great
0: sophomore. ages like driving and dating and all those fun things
1: uh driving yes (laughs) i don't want to date right yet but yeah (laughs) yeah, they're great kids and um you know hobbies it's really just been this you know (laughs) that's been my passion project i do like to sculpt with clay when i have the time and and but i haven't done that in a bit Uh, and just enjoy watching sports and movies
0: nice maybe maybe we need to have some some clay time plugged into the schedule just so you, just to just to shut down right
1: yeah exactly
0: <laughs> so obviously you don't really know the impact of of making the film yet right i mean obviously it's it's changed what what has it changed what what, what has the impact been up to this point for you as an entrepreneur <sighs>
1: Well, first of all, accomplishing it.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: I, there's not that many people that I'm aware of that can produce, direct, shoot, edit, self-distribute, finance, uh, all those things that go into filmmaking by themselves. And I did that at a certain point in shooting. I, I Well, not in shooting. After I was done with all of the shooting, before I realized I was making a documentary documentary. I think it was once i talked to my attorney i i had a thought i wonder how much of this i can do on my own obviously except for legal and i'm having a little bit of help for digital promotion and things from one of the people we may have uh relationships with um so really it's it's become now a challenge to see how much i can do and maybe be able to share that but uh but uh you know it's it's something that I don't know how well it's gonna go. I'm hoping for the best. And you know, but really it's it's trying to identify that the right audience for it, at least to get it traction. And, and then hopefully we'll it'll it'll take off from there. Some of the people that have seen it that had no idea about the community, uh, one woman called me who attended the private screening and said, that, and it was really complimentary. She said, it's not a movie I would have ever gone and saw on my own if I didn't know you. And she said, but you completely changed my perception on animal abuse. She's like, I thought, I thought these bulls were mistreated. And she said, and you completely changed my mind. And then another person who's an attorney told me that he was, uh, he, he said, this, this film is important and I didn't know what he meant by that, but he said this film is about becoming a man and and facing adversity and different comments. And so I wasn't expecting those kinds of things. I, I was just set, setting out to entertain, you know, like any filmmaker does. And And so to hear those things, that's been the biggest surprise, I think, for me, is not realizing that I was able to tell a compelling story and especially because as we talked about a little bit before I I never intended to put it in a film festival and never intended to get accepted to a film festival. And when I was accepted, I never expected to win anything. And I ended up beating out some really high quality films and, and, and I don't take that as like a competition. I just take it as people really valued Ty's story and, and all the things that he does. And, he, you know, he provided the story. I just shaped it into what it was. And so, you know, he deserves just as much as credit, I guess than I, than I do, but <laughs> you know, right.
0: Well, and that's, that's the, that's part of the challenge. So you mentioned if it all goes well, what is, does what going well look like? <laughs> I mean, seriously, what, what do you envision oh, going well? Put it out there yeah tell, her, tell the universe what you expect
1: <laughs> to create that brand and to have people as, you know respect the western sports. Uh, you know they're they're getting a bad rap recently and again, when I started this, I never I didn't know anything about it. so I didn't have a judgment one way or the other on on how these animals were treated or you know but if you think about it, the PBR, many people know what the PBR is. Those are at their athletes and they are massive and they're strong and they're powerful and they are expensive. So they're not not going going to abuse abuse them. them. No, because if they abuse them, they're going to be hurt and they're not going to perform. And so that was the biggest, one of the biggest surprises for me on this. But I think I've become kind of an accidental ambassador. As I've said a couple of times, I never thought that I would, I would do this but now I feel like the Western community is accepting me and not that I was trying to be accepted. I just, you know, I just, I just wanted to be show a part of it. And so I, you know, I would like to build a brand out of it to be able to help where I can in certain areas. Um, You know, I'd like to be financially uh, somewhat independent from this. I don't need to be rich and wealthy. Uh, That doesn't give me happiness, but, um, I would like for it to, to catch on as, as, as a major brand, if, if that's possible. And if, and if I can do that through this film, you know, showing people about it, then even, even better. But uh, yeah, you cornered me. I didn't expect this question. And so, <laughs> well, so I appreciate it.
0: I, first of all, I love that it all started with a question, right? I mean, it, yeah, it all started with curiosity and rather than make assumptions or rather than accept somebody else's assumptions as true, you went and asked the question, well, what, what are you doing? What, how is this working? And, and then you've decided, let, let me film it and tell, tell the story. And, and so, you know, your neighbor's simple assumption led to your curiosity. And so I appreciate the power of that curiosity. Right. And, yeah, and I think, and I think that's the value that you add For entrepreneurs is because your your curiosity leads you to ask questions that other people are making assumptions about.
1: Well, and and I, I appreciate you saying that because I've like like I said, I'm a good listener, I think, but I I ask questions. Like I do not take something that someone tells me the first time as gospel. I can't. I but that's not coming necessarily from a skepticism point of view. It's curiosity because if you tell me, Robert, uh, oh, I wrote a book. My question be, or some, most people say, "Congratulations," which, of course, comes. But it's like, how did you come up with that idea? What made you want to write a book in in this field that there's tons of books about that about that kind of stuff? What you know, and I like I like to dig deep, and I do the same with my clients, or at least I try to. Uh, no, I do, and uh, you know, and and it just became you know just asking questions but it, but with this film it's more observational there's no narration in it I, although i was going to i tried writing a script it just wasn't working so everything is nat sounds and people people in there and and that's the way i i feel like life can sometimes function sometimes we we get too busy or uh, there's too much clutter i think this is kind of a simple way of looking at something and And so, yeah, I appreciate you saying that it's, it means a lot.
0: All right. So now we've got the Don Cardona director's cut with no narration. And uh, for for people in film world, um, Blade Runner is, is the infamous no narration or narration, you know, which version's better. Yeah. (laughs) So um, I like that you shared that there's no, you know, no narration. It's just the natural story and the interviews and the people, the people telling their own story. And and not trying to force a story on top of that—that's pretty cool. So yeah, uh, I look—I've seen clips, and so I have not seen the whole film. I look forward to uh, to seeing the whole film. I assume I'm going to get a DVD on Sunday. I hope (laughs) and uh, (laughs) have an opportunity. So yeah, um, so much. I mean, obviously, so much that that's that's happened over this this process. What's, what's been the, what's been the most surprising lesson?
1: I think trusting your instincts, uh, good or bad. I think we all have to make mistakes. Um, But when they, when they work out, you know, again, going back to the the percentage of all this film that I made, you know, 98% of it, having been myself, I was in a position at the networks where I was critiquing people's works and telling them how to change things and giving them feedback on, on various things. So I understand the feedback loop, this particular one. I wanted to see if I could do even that part on my own. Like I didn't want any critique. I, if I showed it to somebody who was in my industry, I would ask them not to give me any feedback or, you know, maybe flow, but I didn't want them to give me advice on what I needed to change here and there, because I wanted to see if my instincts would be right, you know, succeed or fail. And, and so far I've, I've, it's been okay. The scary part is for the business side of it, the, the merchandising, the distribution, the branding, the promotion. I'm still trying to do as much of that as I can on my own, but I do know that that's, it, it involves more of the financial risk-taking. So I'm being a little more open to that part of it. But, um, you know, creating all the merchandise is is pretty much what I've, I've done as well on my own. The packaging of the DVD, the, the poster idea that, you know, all that's from, from me. And, and I don't know if it'll work or not, but I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to go out, you know, guns slinging and and, uh, guns a blazing as they say, and, and see what happens. Um, so I hope that answers your question
0: there. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned gratefulness in, in there and, and how has gratitude served you in, in this journey?
1: Oh man, I gratitude. It comes in so many different forms. I'm grateful that I had a job at, you know, that provided me the ability to, or a career that provided me the ability to, to be in the position I'm in. I'm grateful for my family's patience. You know, my son, you know, what, three years ago, he was 14 and he was, he was actually, when I would create, so I take a little bit of back of what, of what I just said, I would create something on the timeline, a scene, and I would show him at 14 and just say, Hey, what do you think? And he'd say i don't like this it doesn't and and or yeah it's really good and i'd go make adjustments based on that but he didn't really make the changes he just said it's not working and my wife did the same and and so you know i'm grateful for them i'm grateful for all my family who's supported me you know knowing that i'm self-financing it they've offered money and and i i i just i don't want to put that burden on them but uh, gratefulness to all the people that I've come across, yourself included, where I learned something from somebody. You know, it's not necessarily um, something that you you think hap- you're learning at that particular moment, but you can always re- go back and reflect on, oh, yeah, I remember the conversation I had with them about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like to, to ask people for advice unless I'm paying them for it. I know that sounds kind of maybe counterintuitive for someone who's, doing it on their own, but people's information has value, you know, and, and I think that value sometimes should be paid for. Um, I've done a couple of trades with people, but, um, so I'm grateful for those people who've, who've done that with me. And, um, but I, you know, it's, it's still a work in progress.
0: (laughs) Aren't we all? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and that's really what life is about. The journey is about is the journey, right? There, there is no destination. There's no place for us to stop and land. And, you know, I mean, obviously temporarily we can jump on a beach and sit in a lawn chair for a week, but, but otherwise you're still, there's still the journey. And, and I think finding joy in the journey is really the important part. If you're not enjoying the editing and the piecing together and the, The things and even exploring the internet and trying to find out how do I do this or how do I do that. If you're not enjoying that part of this, yeah, then guess what? You probably have to do something else because that's going to be ninety percent of the work.
1: Well, and uh, you know, the passion for that definitely is something that fuels. I I read a uh, an article recently, uh, a friend of Facebook, friend of mine who's a filmmaker that I only know from Facebook. He friended me and so we've just I've just been seeing his post. He created a feature length documentary, very similar to what I'm doing. Um, And he was interviewed by a magazine here in the Denver area recently westward, I think, and they asked him his story and his is a heck of a lot more compelling than mine. So I look at that and and say, wow, I've been blessed for for what I've been doing. But you, you still have to have that passion to get it done. And you know, my when I'm editing, you know, especially with audio, and you're trying to get that clip just right, it's repetitious. You're trying to you play it over and over and over. And my <laughs> wife has heard this a, a couple of times, and and she'll come to me and says, "I don't know how you can do that for hours and hours and hours because it just plays over in your head, and it can get annoying." But yeah, it's you know, making that bright edit is is it's. <laughs> it can be exhausting, but you know, it's, it's so far, everything that I've been doing has been worth it. I wouldn't change a thing.
0: Nice. All right. So this one's going to be a little challenging probably, but what's, what's the big dream
1: for me?
0: Cardona. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (sighs) To pay it forward, Mm. uh, to help people where I can, um, I've always been a helper, a connector. I like to connect people. Um, but again, I, I think I said it earlier, you know, I think hopefully, you know, most people think this is to be just financially independent because if you are financially independent, you can help other people, whether it's monetarily or your time or, you know, advice. Um, that's, that's not a, an easy thing for, for people to accomplish. I don't, I'm, i don't desire to have millions and millions and millions of dollars you know be a billionaire if it happens i'm not gonna say no (laughs) but that's not the goal the goal is to to live life be happy you know live in faith and and um you know help people where i can
0: nice well just be able to take care of your family right in a in a meaningful way Yeah. so i think as as fathers we just you know i don't want to give my kids the golden ticket but if I can come alongside them and, and, and help them get to another level, right. how exciting is that, right? Right. So, Don, thank you so much for taking the time today. I appreciate your vulnerability, your authenticity. And, man, I, I hope this film changes your world the way I, you, you want it to change the, the Western world or the Western people's understanding of what's going on in, in that bull riding event.
1: Well, I appreciate it and it's an honor for me to have come on your podcast. And it sounds like you've got some great things going. So I look forward to seeing your journey as well. And uh, you know, best of luck with your book and and I hope that uh, everything that you asked me somehow gets turned around and somebody asks you some someday <laughs> soon.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Don. I appreciate it. If you enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe, or leave a review. We have a free gift for you at advaluemindset.com. That's addvaluemindset.com. We've collected some of the best mindset secrets shared by successful entrepreneurs on our podcast, and we want to give them to you for free. addvaluemindset.com. In our next episode, Stephanie mcphail Sharone and her husband, David, share relationship wisdom, business building through their Facebook group and targeted ads, and. Together, they want to end the world of toxic relationships.